this flyover clip. This idea of um, no matter where you live, you could be in Texas and they have pretty mild weather, but they got iced in for two weeks. Mm -hmm. So that's a thing. So, you know, if you don't have enough stuff to go for two weeks and you were there, you know, and you can't flush your toilets, can't do anything. Well, that's kind of a problem. So, you know, we don't need a, a global catastrophe. We don't need Klaus Schwab. We don't need it could be just an EMP. You know, you don't you don't need an EMP to go off over Nebraska and, and mess up everything. Which some some days I even joke like, boy, that would be nice. Everything would just kind of you know, everybody <laughs> yeah. everything until yeah. the gang show up. Yeah, two exactly. Later. Yeah. And then that's not so nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, like just from a fundamental principle, like the idea of hey, could I take care of if I have somebody that depends on me? I have a spouse, I have a child, I got a grandchild. You know, things around like as a responsible person. You know, could you go a week? Could you go two weeks? Could you go three weeks? Could you go four weeks? Like not a, not a, I'm going to hunker down like that movie with uh, George of the Jungle guy where they were down on the ground, yeah. you know, for a decade or something, you know, yeah. but just, just the, the, the initial like, okay, can I make it through a little short something without freaking out? And I got to run to the store for something Yeah, like just that basic, like maybe walk people through that first part of this like entry level, like kindergarten number one of like just being responsible. Yeah, well, I think that just from that perspective, the, the the basic thing is that if let's just say you had to look at a month, right? If there was a catastrophe, if there so say say it's not even a national catastrophe, say in your in your area, um, something happened, you know, or a large hurricane hits, or you know, whatever it is, and say that, that there was a month that you were without power, a month that you were without food. What what would that look like for your family? Like, and it's a good scenario to walk through. It's like, okay, because yeah. that happens. What if there is some sort of you know missile strike on America? What if you know Kim Jong Un gets really you know trigger happy one day and he detonates and you know a, a bomb goes off or a, a kind of small nuke goes off in the middle of America or on the coast? Like, there's all these different scenarios. That, mm-hmm. um, so that, that's kind of the first step is looking at okay, well, if I if I couldn't go a month. Like basically, if I had to take stock of everything you need for that month, that's your first step of prepping, mm-hmm. right? And I'll take a step back there and look at like a more fundamental way I look at it is I even don't like the word prepping because prepping to me, it's almost like it's it's helpful in conversation because I say prepping and people understand exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But I, I, it's it brings up too much about the doomsday prepper type scenario where yeah. it's prepping is about getting a bunker full of food in your basement yeah. and enough guns mm-hmm. to defend it. You like, know what I mean? Like more f- and fear-based. Exactly. Where what I, I've really tried to reframe it and look at it now as self-reliance. And that's that's how I try to position my perspective on it because- It's good. Okay, because we, we live in a world today where I say my daughter wants strawberries, which she loves. I go to the local Kroger and it's, say it's February. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Like I can't go- pick them in my yard, right. right? I go to the local Kroger. I buy strawberries. Those are organic strawberries that were flown in from Mexico. Okay. So those were like the process of those strawberries getting to her little stainless steel bowl that she eats them out of. Maybe it's, it's a 30 step process. You know, the strawberries are grown in Mexico. They're then harvested. Mm-hmm. Once they're harvested, they're packaged and they're shipped Maybe they're on a, a, a big cargo ship for three days going in and, and they get unloaded on the trucks and mm-hmm. trucks to distribution centers, distribution centers down to the grocery stores. So it's like that supply chain is so complicated 
that if anything mm-hmm. happens, say the price of, of, of oil goes up 100%, well, strawberries, might you might go up almost double because mm-hmm. of the cost of transporting them. Um, if there's any kind, say there's an issue with, with highways or anything can throw that delicate balance out and your strawberries disappear. Right. Right. And so, and so that's a good analogy for everything. Okay. Where's our energy come from? Where does our food come from? Where does our money come from? And that's so, so when I look at it from the perspective of self-reliance, it's really about taking all the inputs that we need to live, our water, our food, our security, our money, et cetera, our, our community and it's like it's shortening that supply chain to as much as possible because the the shorter that supply chain is, the more resilient you are. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And to me, that's you're getting closer to self reliance because what's the ultimate? Well, the ultimate is that I go out and I pick a strawberry in my front yard. Sure, like nothing can happen that can stop yeah. me from doing that. Right. Right. And that's the key is nothing can get in the place that that's what the globalists want. They want to add in all these layers of control that, well, you're only going to get strawberries if your social credit score, your carbon footprint allows you to get strawberries and your your fruit limits. Right. So that's a big part of it is that looking at all the different things that I have. So food is an example. Um, so, or say potatoes, right? There's another example. Mm-hmm. So potatoes are a, an amazing crop to grow mm-hmm. and a staple, right? You know, the Irish potato famine, how they survived off yep. of potatoes. So let's just say I want potatoes. Well, right now I might go to the grocery store or I say hypothetically, you go to the grocery store and you uh, buy potatoes. Those potatoes were grown in Mexico again, you know, mm-hmm. wherever it was they're growing or Brazil. Warm, warmer climate, up, yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that's so if that breaks and I've got no more potatoes, but potatoes grow really well in our climate in Ohio, same with here, and they store very well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, I can have potatoes that like we're still eating potatoes today. Literally, we're eating potatoes. I think we made some before I came out here that we pulled out of the ground like last October. Wow. Right? Because we got potatoes that, that would last. And so mm-hmm. we keep them in like an area of our basement that's more dry. So that's the thing is that you you set up these inputs, you set up these these ways of getting what you need that can't be controlled by somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. so that's the big thing. Is so okay, then looking at that one month thing, it's like, okay, well what what are all the things that I need to survive and exist? So let's just say one of it is medication. Well, for one, I would highly recommend people try to talk to say you know, Martin, Dr. Sherwood, et cetera, mm-hmm. and see how they can get off their medications because that becomes a if you want to be prepping, yeah. if there's a grid down scenario and you can't get your heart meds for yeah. six months, what's going to happen? Well, it's right. what you're talking you know about I mean? this conflict with the CCP. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they we don't, don't come we, from the United we, States. We don't, we don't make aspirin here. No. Exactly. <laughs> you know, or anything else. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so that's, so that's one thing. So you think, okay, what well, I need for a month? Well, one is going to be food. Okay. Well, okay. I've got a freezer full of food. Great. Well, what if the power goes out on day one? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah food would all be rotten within about three days. Yeah. Okay. So it's looking at just kind of insulating yourself. And so I, I try to break it down into a few kind of key categories. So and we, and we, we can kind of dive into more of the details of that. Let's do, I am um, so interested in this because yeah, we're, too. we're like, you know, in the beginning stages of this, but no, no self-respecting, you know, really prepared person would ever look at us with anything but disdain, probably, <laughs> you know, like, well, oh my God, are you even trying, you yeah, know, well, but, but, but we're on this journey and we're so much further than we were two years ago. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's the key point is that 
most people are not prepared. Mm-hmm. And so for someone that's watching right now, they're listening, say they went out and they bought one food bucket that'll last a month. You are already more prepared than probably 98% of yeah. America. Mm-hmm. So it's like if, if disaster strikes, you've got X percent more chance of living than your neighbor who doesn't have anything. Yeah. So that's the thing is that it's easy for it to be overwhelming. It's easy for people to feel like, gosh, where do I start? Mm-hmm. Um, like we're, I'm so far behind. Mm-hmm. It's like, just start wherever you can. Even if it means that you're buying an extra 10 cans of beans every month, because that's what your budget allows. It's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. It just kind of start wherever you're at. Now, look, if say you're a multimillionaire and you can say, okay, I'm going to go build a bunker. I'm going to put five years of food in that bunker. <laughs> right. I'm going to have a, you know, like an emergency helicopter to take me to the bunker. And yeah. It's like, okay, great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. okay, like I want to be your go friend. Go for it, yeah. Mr. Bezos. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, Flyover family. We have a brand new sponsor for the Flyover Conservative Show, Heaven's Harvest. So exciting. We've been really excited about this partnership because for about two years now, our level of awareness has increased on things that can go wrong in the world. Not just the the big major stuff, but ice storms in Texas and things that, you know, you don't plan on. And I guess level of personal responsibility of like, hey, we have people that we care for that depend on us. And so we've been tiptoeing into it, but it's overwhelming. It's like, what do I do next? And so we've made little steps in that process, but we've been asking everyone we know, everyone we respect, in this space, hey, who's a good supplier of things? Who has food? Who has food that you would actually eat if you if you had to? That without eating styrofoam, that you'd be gagging down if you lost a bet. You know, like like real actual food that if you put it away for storage, that when it came time to do it, would be palatable. As well as as heirloom seeds. You know, a lot of the seeds nowadays you plant them, they're not they're not you can't reproduce with them. You know, they're, they've been genetically modified and, and really messed up. So. We've been asking people we, we, yep. we, we really respect. Somebody we get a lot of advice from personally, we've made a lot of small moves in our life from is Seth Holhouse with Man in America, and, and uh, we kind of went off of his lead as well as some others. And so we are super excited about this partnership because they're willing to give a massive discount to the Flyover family. That's exactly right. When you go to heavensharvest.com and you use promo code FLYOVER, you get 10% off. What a great deal. We are so thankful and excited about this partnership. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what am I going to do about my finances? You know, times are really changing. They're changing fast. Let me give you a quick example of how in 1920, if you had a $20 bill and one ounce of gold, you could go into any men's clothing store and buy an entire suit. Wow. The the jacket, the shirt, the belt, shoes, the whole bit. Today, that $20 bill, what's it going to get you? Not much. Maybe the socks, maybe a (laughs) handkerchief, but the one ounce of gold could still buy you the entire suit at any men's store in America. That's the difference. That's what inflation does to your dollar. It's a deflating dollar caused by inflation. Now, today, that's happening faster than ever. You need somebody that you trust that can help get you out of a fake currency and into something that's going to keep you safe. And we know a guy that has two PhDs by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. We have known him for over 25 years, and he's someone we completely trust. You need somebody that you can get a hold of, somebody that's going to be there for you to get back out of it, and then maybe back into the stock market, maybe back into something else when things settle down. But right now is not that time. You need somebody that you trust and somebody you can call and make those worries go away. That's exactly right. So you can go to flyovergold.com. Dot com, fill out your information for your free consultation, or you can call 720-605-3900. Do it today. You'll be glad you did.
For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com. <laughs>